Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of STR Conversations, hosted by myself, Jasper Rivers, and Eric Muller. Every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the short-term rental industry and share what we're learning in our hosting businesses and through working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. So this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting you out of the daily operations so you can free up your time and become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and that allows you to focus on high-level tasks that really move the needle in your business and allow you to grow. And we do that by giving you the systems and teaching you how to build a team so you can actually delegate all those lower-level tasks. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com slash X. That is strlegends.com slash X. You are listening to an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast hosted by Jasper Rivers and Eric Miller. So let's dive in. Get paid for your pad. 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 Welcome to podcast 541 of Get Paid for Your Pad. We are your hosts, Jasper Rivers and Eric Muller. And today's topic of the podcast is the winning Airbnb business model for wealth in 2023. Eric, what's up, dude? What's going on? What's going on? Are you excited to talk about some business models here? Mm, I am, man. I mean, this is obviously something that you and I have been clarifying for our own business this year. But yeah, it's going to be big for 2023. A lot is changing in the industry, which is exciting. But what I'm excited about is having this conversation because, man, I don't know if you realize, but over the last year or so, there's so many educators now in the space or just people, content creators and people out there just like kind of saying, teaching so many different things in Airbnb. And I think you and I have had a unique perspective of one being in the space so long doing all the different business models and then coaching so many different students that I think we just have a different perspective on what actually works in this industry. And the reason why I wanted to have this as a topic that we go into, just kind of set the stage, especially for the people that are looking to grow a real short-term rental business, what models to actually focus on for the long haul, right? And kind of where to put your money, where to put your attention and you know, I think what would be good is just for us to kind of share a little bit of like our philosophy on how we're building free wild and, and all of that. So yeah, mm-hmm. best the winning models to wealth development in this industry. Yeah, I'm excited to, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. And you have experience with all free models. So I have never done rental arbitrage. I've always been interested in owning real estate since I was young. I bought my first property in 2007. Mm-hmm. But you have experience with all free models. So that's why I think you're in a good position to kind of, let's start with an overview of the of the free models. Let's start 
with management, right? Management is very simple. Like you charge 25% or 30% of whatever it is. You manage other people's properties. But the management side really comes into the ownership side as well, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, whether you own the properties or somebody else does, you still need to have a management company. And we'll, we'll dive a little deeper into what that means. But why don't you talk a little bit more about the arbitrage model? I know that's how you got started, I think, right? But you're not a fan of that model anymore. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so to break it down, just so we're all on the same page, there's three main models in the short-term rental space three main business models. One is traditional real estate investing where you buy the property and you're owner operator. You own the property and you run it as a short-term rental. Number two is property management or you know the the new host nowadays are calling it co-hosting. But if you look at what the model is, is property management. You're managing the Airbnb or short-term rental process on behalf of a property owner and you take a portion of revenue but you don't actually own the property. You're a service provider, essentially, to the owner. And then number three is the rental arbitrage, right? Where you rent a property and then you re-rent it back out on platforms like Airbnb and other OTAs. And then you make the difference between cost and whatever you bring in, right? So just wanted to kind of set the stage on like, those are the three models that most people get into. And there's other ways of kind of offering different services and things like that. But those are the three most, you know, most famous models. And if we're going with the topic of building wealth in the short term rental space, we want to look at those three models and understand we have to ask ourselves a couple of different things. What do we need now to grow the business? And then ultimately, if you want to build wealth, you have to buy real estate, right? It's the wealthiest people in the world and still you know, if you're in the States, but this is true in most parts of the world, you build wealth over time by owning real estate and adding more to your portfolio there, right? So we're on the same page that wealth building comes from owning real estate. The question is, how do we get to owning real estate? And most people, us included, we don't have all the money in the world to go out and buy all the real estate. So we need to generate cash flow. We need to generate our systems, our teams, our processes to be able to attract in money and then acquire real estate, right? So that leaves us with two main models, the rental arbitrage and the property management model, right? So what was the question again? I went on a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to clarify rental arbitrage? Well, I I know that's... If I'm... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I thought that's how you started. Yeah, but now I notice you're like you're really not a fan of that model anymore. Yeah, so I'm not a fan of the model, and this is why rental arbitrage is a debt focused industry. It's a, a debt focused business model. Its only asset is the cash flow of the property, right? So when I first got into short term rentals, I, I was in real estate investing before that on the East Coast. The second property I ever bought when I was 20. Two was a vacation rental property in the Jersey Shore, a town called Wildwood. And that was before Airbnb and all of that. So I had an introduction to short-term rentals back then. But when I moved to San Diego and Airbnb started becoming this thing, a lot of people heard the story and it kind of started just like most people in this space where I rented an apartment, I got the approval from the landlord to re-rent it back out on Airbnb. 
I staged the property with all I- IKEA stuff, a couple of grand, and you know, staged this two bedroom apartment and started renting it out on Airbnb. And I started making outrageous amount of money. I mean, it, it was anywhere between one and three thousand dollars a month in profit on this property. Now, this was eight years ago, give or take, right? Eight years ago when there was nobody talking. You were probably the only person in the space that wrote a book about you know Airbnb and as a actual business model. But this is when people, you know, it was rare to hear that people were making money on Airbnb that was outside of their personal home, right? So. You know, being an entrepreneur and seeing the writing on the walls, I went out and got a whole bunch of these listings and and leases, and we made a lot of money on. Right, once I started focusing on it as a business model, it made a lot of money when I was in a side hustle. But when I started focusing on building it as a real business model, what I recognized all of this stuff was happening. There was more people moving into the markets as uh, Airbnb hosts leasing properties. So the demands and the competition became became larger and more difficult. Then the cities started changing laws about this and buildings started changing laws and communities started changing their bylaws, all this stuff, right? So I just started seeing the writing on the wall that rent was getting more expensive, more competition was in the space, specifically rental arbitrage. And the laws were changing against it. It was actually a business model that most people that were not involved in it, were actually looking down upon it, right? And I realized for me to really scale this business model, I'm going to have to take on a ton of debt. And I have to put a ton of debt into these units. And the only way that I'm going to make money is when we're cash flowing consistently, right? So that's when I'm like, all right, my story is I, I was introduced to a property owner out here who had a beautiful luxury property. She wanted to rent it. I convinced her to do a property management saying like, Hey, I can't afford to pay $9,000 a month on your property. How about we turn it into Airbnb? I keep 25%. You keep 75%. We, that was my introduction to the property management model. Because what I recognized is with the right properties and the right focus, we can generate incredible cash flow using other people's properties, properties that we don't have to buy where we don't have to put any debt into these properties. We don't have to sign two, three, four-year leases. That was another thing. As the competition, and it's kind of what it, where it's at now today, as the competition was coming into the space, landlords were like, Hey, well, I just... you know, Two other Airbnb dudes just called me and you know, pitched me the same thing. Whoever signs the longest lease with the biggest deposit gets it. Right. So now you're signing two, three, four, five year leases, right? You're investing two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars into furniture and all this stuff into rental arbitrage. And now you're competing against all of these other hosts in the space. And if anything happens in the market, it's pure debt, right? So I started noticing that and I, I'm like, okay, it still can, it, it can work, but as a model at scale, it scared the hell out of me. Because I'm like, if anything happens, what do I have here to leverage? The only thing I have to leverage is the cash flow. Even the furniture. The moment that you put furniture in there, you could depreciate it against your cash flow. But I mean, at the end of the day, there's no asset. You can like you can liquidate, but you're not getting all your cash back, right? So you're just betting that it's going to work consistently, right? So th- that was the writing on the wall for me. I started when I found that one property, the luxury property. 
I then moved into the management model and we just kind of exploded. We needed a little bit more properties to make up the cash flow that was possible on the rental arbitrage, you know, because we're sharing it with the owner. We have 25%, but it was all profit or top line revenue essentially. But you know, you know what I mean? It was, there was no debt out on that. That was pure income coming into the company. Right. So I'm like, okay, this model, the management model, is a model that's been around forever. And if we find the right owners with the right systems, we can leverage this to cash flow our business to be able to hire the right people, build the right systems, build our brand, understand the markets, and then take that and start acquiring properties. And I'll shut up here and pass pass the mic back to you. Going through COVID and watching some of the biggest companies in the world that had raised millions, tens and tens of millions of dollars for the rental arbitrage model at a business like that. There's a little hiccup. Mm. I mean, the world shut down. It was bigger than a hiccup, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? Like right away, those businesses went out of business very, very quick. And we're still seeing it today that the biggest companies that have all the things, all the tech, all the people, all the money, they're all pivoting out of the rental arbitrage model. And, you know, I, I still see a lot of people on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube promoting this as the, the model to scale. And I think it works as a side hustle. If you want a couple here and there, cherry pick them, be careful with it. But if you're focused on building wealth, focus on the property management side and leverage that to start buying real estate. So I'll pass it back to you and then we can kind of break it down how we're doing this currently in yeah. Free Wild. I'll share like the the biggest takeaway that I kind of had over the last few years, also from us partnering with our, our investor to purchase our first property for Free Wild, is what I realized is like, if you have, if you built the skill set and the systems and the brand to manage properties, you suddenly become a huge asset that's a huge asset to an investor. Because think about it, like, you know, forget about short-term rentals. Imagine short-term rentals don't exist and you don't have money. How would you ever be able to purchase a property? Mm-hmm. Right? You go up to an investor and say like, hey, let's, let's purchase this property together and I'll, I'll manage it as a long-term rental. Right? It's not really, that's not really attractive because you know, it's not that you're not really bringing that much value to the, to the table. Versus with short-term rentals, if you have the skill set to outperform, right? And if you have the skill set, if you understand like creating unique experiences, you understand the pricing, you have the systems, you have the, the team members and everything. Now you could, the investor can make a lot more money because they're partnering with you, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's kind of like, and that's why I think it makes so much sense that if you're, if you're managing properties, it makes so much sense to go into the ownership because what, what, why wouldn't you leverage that? Yeah. So there's two things on this, right? So up until about six months ago, I thought that the rental arbitrage model can still work. I just was looking at it as like, oh, that model is not for me. I don't believe in it. But I'm sure someone out there could make it work. And, you know, our good friend Derek at Nectar, that was a big, you know, debate that him and I had down in Mexico at the, at the mastermind, Legends Mastermind. His argument was like, rental arbitrage can work. Right people, the right numbers, you can make it work. So I talked to him randomly the other day. And, you know, I, 
brought that back up again. I'm like, hey, how do you feel about the rental arbitrage side? Because he his company, Nectar, is investing in all these companies, right? He's lending out a ton of cash. It's freaking unbelievable what he's doing over there, him and Brittany. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, man, I'm over the, the rental arbitrage model. He's like, too many companies I invest into, they just can't make it work. You know, like the numbers aren't there and there's too much competition. It's too expensive, right? So going to the management model, if you look at the management model, so your statement was like, if you're currently managing short-term rentals and you have the systems and the people, why wouldn't you go and partner and buy real estate? And let me start with the first thing. So the property management side, I always looked at it as a way to generate cash now, right? And to buy real estate and get cash cash properties, especially in our industry, right? To buy hotels, to buy what we're doing, cabin communities, to build hotels, to build short-term rental properties, like all of that. That stuff takes time, right? Like it takes years, it takes months and years to get those things up and going as as it should, right? Like real estate is a is a long game. So between now and when you start building these portfolios, it could take two, three, four years before you really have anything of substance that can really drive your company forward. I always looked at property management in the short term rental space to do two things. One, generate cash flow now for the company. It's a great way to leverage short term rentals or other people's properties to generate cash, to build your brand, to build your team, to build your systems, your knowledge, your expertise, all of that. Like that to, to run a piece of real estate that you own and to bring value to an investor who has money who's going to partner with you to buy real estate, you have to bring value. And you have to bring knowledge. You have to bring experience. Like you have to bring something other than just a vision. Sometimes the vision works, but in this case, you know, you have to earn your equity through sweat equity. And if you have the brand, if you have the systems, the people to execute on it, you can move really, really quick. Right. So I look at property management in the short term rental space, especially for people who are like, Hey, I want to own real estate. I want to, you know, either leave my job or I want to turn this into a business. Property management is the best way to do it. You can generate cash flow immediately, which is amazing, right? So that's the value of that. And now that you have that, you can leverage that to go and acquire real estate. You can leverage your income with companies like Nectar or local banks or credit unions or investors to take your cash flow and your systems to get a loan to acquire real estate and duplicate it. And now you're in the investment game. So that's how you start developing wealth. That's exactly what we're going to do with FreeWild and what we're currently doing with FreeWild through the process. I mean, we bought a property now and we're going to buy some more through the process. But the management model is going to be how we generate cash in the company. But your question is like, if you have that stuff in place, why wouldn't you do that? There's a really good book. I would recommend it a couple of times on the podcast, but I recommend again, based on this conversation, it's called The Marriott Way. I think you read that as well. It's one of my favorite books. That's on my you know must read every year list. But they talk about... It's a traditional hotel model. You have your property company that owns all the real estate, and then you have your management company that manages all your real estate. Right. So in the industry, we call that your propco and your opco. Your propco is the investment, the, the funds, the investors, the ownership of the real estate. Your opco 
is the brand, is the management, is the systems, the people, the processes, right? That runs the day to day of the business. Cause you have two different businesses. You have the investment side and then you have the short term rental hospitality brand. We have two different companies here. And you want to separate them as you grow. You want to separate them for legal and teams and, and taxes and all the things, right? Plus, they're two different assets. So Marriott got really... They started as a real estate development company. They started buying properties and developing it and running it as hotels. And what they recognized over the years as they scaled their company to what it is now, they recognized that where they brought the most value in the industry was operations, was the brand of Marriott, right? Where the challenge and the stress and the r- biggest risk came from was the, the actual real estate development side. Buying real estate, going through the development, taking on billions of dollars worth of loans, the whole thing. They recognized that that wasn't their biggest strength. So they pivoted to becoming what Marriott is now and just being a world-class hospitality brand, operation brand. Right. Mm-hmm. So they still have some equity, of course, and they get involved in ownership properties, but they don't have what we're creating with Free Wild, where we're developing our own spaces. They're not doing that because they recognize that their biggest strength in the industry is the opco, the, the management side. Right. So I think we do have to go into that with the mindset that you have to understand your strengths as an individual and as a leader and as a company. Where do you want to put your time and space? For me, I want to own, or for us, we want to own real estate and develop generational wealth. But we also want to tie it to a brand that's world recognizable, like a Marriott, right? Versus just owning the real estate. So I think you have to, you know, for the listeners, they gotta, they gotta consider this of like, what do they truly want and where's the value that they're gonna bring? But I also think like, you know, everyone should read that book, The Marriott Way. I think that'll give some clarity on the Propco, Opco and like the value and the time that's put into that stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, with all that said, I think, you know, the biggest thing here is like, you know, the property, if you're just getting started in the space, rental arbitrage is a scary way, especially now going into the market of where we're at right now. And who knows what happens over the next couple of years. But just look at the companies, what happened during COVID. If you can leverage OPP, other people's properties, as a service company or as a service provider, and you can leverage that to build your brand, your systems, your team, your people, and your profit, and then turn that into ownership, real estate ownership, then you have an engine that you can grow for years to come. The rental arbitrage companies, I don't know if they're going to be around for a long time. A few of them, but not... Not it's not going to be as uh, generational as management ownership because that's been around forever. Yeah, exactly. Because if if there's a slowdown and we might see a slowdown, you know, if you're managing, like, yeah, your income goes down, but you'll survive, right? Right. You own real estate unless you're super over leveraged. <clears throat> your income goes down, but you'll survive. So that's why it's it's sustainable, right? And when it comes to master leasing, I've you know I think or rental arbitrage, I think you're right. Like you could cherry pick. You know, you could be somewhere and, and see an opportunity. And if you could do like three, four, five X on Airbnb versus what you're paying for the rent, those opportunities are just not, they're, they're not really at scale in, in markets, right? You might find one here, one in this other place, but that's not really scalable. One question I have on the rental arbitrage is if you have a rental arbitrage company, do you also have 
one company that rents the properties and has the leases and then another one that manages it? Or is it just one company? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, you definitely, there is an argument to structuring it that way. Definitely. There, there's an argument to structuring it that way, right? You lease the yeah. properties through one entity to kind of maintain liability in one, one space or multiple holdings, holding companies. And then you have a opco that manages it, right? That manages yeah. the day to day. So you always have that opco, no matter what industry you're in, if you're an owner, arbitrage or management, you have that opco, right? But yeah, that's, there's definitely an argument to do it that way for sure. Yeah, because then if there's a downturn, then your the company holds the leases could go out of business, but then you still have your operational company. Right, right. But you know, I, I, dude, I mean, look at what happened in COVID, right? Some of the biggest companies that were they were all over the place as far as PR wise, raised tens of millions of dollars. They they all went through lawsuits with some of the biggest landlords and some mom and pop landlords. That well, hey, you signed a two, three, four, five year lease across a hundred of my properties, I expect you to pay that, right? Or I'm not giving your deposit back and you know, all that stuff. So the individuals can be on the line. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is what I'll say about rental arbitrage. There's still a slight argument that at scale it can work if you can focus on on properties that you can control as short term rentals. Right. So meaning we I, I have a friend down in downtown San Diego. He bought an old hotel, renovated it as a short-term rental hotel. And then he partnered with a big short-term rental operator and leased them the property for multiple years. right? And the reason why this company was able to go in there and lease it was because it had a hotel license. right? So they knew... And it was a unique asset. It's a unique location. They knew that San Diego laws were changing. Right? And they knew that if they can control a hotel, that they can bring their operational factors in there and run it. And, you know, they're, they're safe. They're not going to be impacted by short rental laws in the area. So I'll get an update from him to see how they're doing. But I know that they had a big lease in place with one operator and then COVID hit and they pulled out of it because they kind of lost, you know, lost everything through COVID. And then a bigger operator came into place and signed a long-term lease on the property, right? But they were able to control it. So I still think scenarios like that at scale, it could potentially work. But on the individual home level, it's like that model just scares me for a lot of beginner hosts or the individuals that are focused at scale. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Also, I think in in a lot of markets, rents have gone up so much. Oh yeah, that, you know, oftentimes it's hard to find the, you know, the the margin right that you need. Yeah, dude. I mean, we have multiple students in the Legends X class that started yesterday that I spoke to a year ago for Legends X that were in rental arbitrage. They had rental arbitrage companies, 10, 15, 20 units that have now a year later gotten rid of all of their listings and now are focused on property management mm-hmm. and switched. Like there's multiple students that are in that that position right now. So it's definitely a trend. And you know, for anyone who's like still believes that that model at a high level will work at scale. And when I talk scale, I, I'm talking multiple units. I'm not talking one or two listings. 
my, I have one listing and it's making money. Like you can cherry pick things. But at scale, if you want to be a brand that is in multiple markets, scalable, yeah, I mean, I just, I would love to look at their books. I would love to understand their profit margins, right? I would love to understand their profit margins, their liability that comes along with that. And even the biggest companies like Sonder that focused on, you know, the leases, they're still doing leases, but they also have a huge property management side to them now. And they have a huge ownership model as well. So interesting. Well, if you're, if you're listening to this and you believe in the master leasing or rental arbitrage model at scale, then send us an email at team at overnightsuccess.io. And maybe we'll get you on the podcast and we'll have a little debate here. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be really fun. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Bring Let's the heat. More debates. <laughs> exactly. You know, we talked about how, you know, we think this is the winning model. This is what we're focused on. Let's talk about some goals for 2023 because uh, we got some, we got some pretty ambitious goals for this year for free wild. Yeah. I mean, where do we start, man? <laughs> I just finished a free wild meeting with our creative director, Kay. And man, we're so close to launching the brand. I'm so freaking excited. The website, the social, John is up there. Our, Head creative who's doing all the content for the brand now. It's just like the stuff is just coming out absolutely amazing. Merch line, the whole thing. So hopefully that brand, we're going to do like a soft launch in. Let's talk about goals. One of our first goals is to do a soft launch of Free Wild so that the public can see what we're working on and what we've been doing behind the scenes. And then launching Out of Wild. As the first location in June would be the goal. So by June, we'll finish phase one, which is the full renovation of the park and the properties and launching of the brand. Phase two, phase two is going to be interesting, man. Let's talk about that real quick. The hotel, the hotel side. So we learn for people who are new to this, we bought a property, three properties in Idlewild, California. One property has four cabins. Then we bought about two acres of surrounding property around it, two different lots. So what we have decided to do is actually go forward and combine the lots together and then get it approved as a hotel. So then we can build anywhere between six and eight A-frames as a hotel, boutique hotel up there. That process is going to take us a year and a half to two years to realize, right? So that's phase two. That's going to take us a while to really get that off the ground. But phase one, we should be done with the launch of Free Wild in June. But through this process, you know, the goal is going to be as we launch this, the goal is going to be we're going to be going to fundraising. So, you know, we decided to go down the path of raising seed for the company and then raising anywhere between 15 and 25 million for the real estate side to acquire real estate. And the goal would be to leverage that across, you know, old vacation rental communities, cabin communities, boutique hotels, and then licensed short term rentals in the area. Yeah. So which one do you want to break down there? Cause we, <laughs> we could do a multiple podcasts on just one of those things. Yeah. Well, let's, let's dive into a little bit more about the seed capital. Cause like that's something that we recently decided. That's something yep. that we've been thinking about a long time, right? Do we bootstrap or do we, do we actually raise money? So we've been thinking about this for a while. And at some point we realized like, okay, this is a faster path for us. You know, if we're able to raise some money so we can hire some team members 
to support us because you know the big our biggest challenge is always in the last couple of years building two businesses at the same time sure right so yeah i think that was the major the main you know takeaway was just like hey this is this is the fastest way for us to accomplish our goals yeah man i mean one you know one thing and i'm sure you see this on our daily huddles and day to day one thing that i i learned in 2022 is dude it's all about speed you know if you want to build anything of substance in any industry uh it's all about speed it's all about implementation getting clear on your vision implementing on that that vision getting data readjusting your path but you have to consistently take action and i'm just like that's that's the space and the mindset that i'm in and the more that i study what what we want to do with more i study about the industry and i see the trends where it's going and this is one of the biggest blessings of having a coaching company in the industry is we get to see what's working what's not working across the board for companies around the world you know we get to see what's working and what's not working so what i recognize with freewild is for us to uh, accomplish what we want to accomplish with this vision we need high level a players that are helping us build a brand and build the company and start generating cash flow and you can bootstrap it or you can take the approach of building a vision that people want to attach to and with the right business plan introducing it to the right people that will invest in your vision right so yeah i mean we we're, we're going to raise some seed capital for this and that's strictly going to go towards people hiring the the best people in the industry to help us build this vision and then once we put seed together we're going to be putting the free wild fund together to pull in our investors around us to start acquiring these short-term rental properties and boutique hotels. So yeah, I'm excited about that. It's I've raised money before, obviously for real estate, never raised seed. So I'm excited to go down that, that path. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of learning lessons here and people are listening to this. If you have experience of raising seed capital, shoot us, a, shoot us an email. We'd love to connect with you. And I think we have quite a lot of people in our, in our network. So we, it's the first thing that we're doing is going to our network and seeing like, Hey, where, where can we get some support? Where can we learn? But yeah, I'm excited, uh, excited for this process as well. Cause I've, I've never raised seed capital myself. I've invested as an angel investor in companies right. who raised seed. So I know the other side of the, of the coin, but cool, man. Well, big goals for 2023. I'm sure we'll update people in the in the next few weeks because we're moving very very fast at, at the moment that's our new motto for 2023 is <laughs> fast about, decisions yeah. fast action that's right <laughs> i'm enjoying that energy I, every now and then i get a little anxiety but most of the time is it's excitement i was just listening to a meditation from sam harris and he said something interesting he said excitement and anxiety are very close together mm -hmm. and it's a very fine line i thought that was interesting because mm. it, 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 I was feeling a little overwhelmed today, and 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 I listened to that, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, yeah. I just have to get myself, push myself over that little line, and 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 then I'll feel excitement. So, yeah, man. I mean, if you're not feeling it, you're you're doing something wrong, right? And we have to stay on top of that. And it's exciting in the beginning because we you make a decision and you have a vision behind what you're going to do and what's possible. So you're riding the wave of all the chemical releases from this this vision and making a decision. And then when you get into the action of it and the execution of it, 
and all the moving parts and the management, that's where like the air quotes stress and overwhelm can come from. So at this stage, we made a decision. Now we're taking action on both companies. We got so much going on in both companies. But what's incredible is we're consistently hitting our goals, which is amazing and attracting in more and more incredible people into our programs and into our companies. So uh, we're definitely doing something right, which is fun. That's right. All right. Let's wrap it up with that. So for listeners, thank you for listening. We'll have a lot more interesting podcasts coming on in the next few weeks. As we move faster, we have more updates for everybody. So it's more fun for the audience as well. And I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Let's do it. See you then. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about air hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening for a chance to win lifetime access to the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy, which is our starter course for anybody who wants to start hosting on Airbnb. So every month we select one reviewer at random and give that person access to the course. So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of STR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Thank you and see you soon. Yeah.